Praise God. God is a good God. Amen. 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 Well, you know, around here, me and my, my dad normally switch off and schedules change and different things like that. As of last month, I was actually supposed to speak the first Sunday in, in um, 2020, and that got changed. And so now it's the 19th, and this is my first Sunday I've been here at Oklahoma City Church. And so I had a sermon prepared for that first Sunday of 2020, and you know, and then I'm not, well, so I'm like, it's the 19th, so why should I preach that one? But I, I was praying about it and praying about it, and the Lord just really laid it on my heart that I should preach my, 20, my 2020 sermon, you know, maybe help some of your vision, I guess, I don't know. Um, um, and so um, I know it's a little late, I mean, it's, it's 19 days in the new year, but you know what, it's, you're just starting, yeah, amen? You know, it's not just a new year, it's a new decade. Right. You know, a lot of times we don't realize this, I mean, I mean, I mean think about this, just 20 years ago... Um, you know, we were afraid the world was going to fall apart in the year 2000. Remember the Y2K thing and everything's supposed to stop working. Clocks will quit working. Power grids will, will fail. And 20 years later, everything was okay. In fact, you know, it's interesting. The older you get, the, the, I think the end of what was supposed to happen like four times during my lifetime, you know, you know, when the Mayan calendar ended and all these, you know, but we're still here. Now the Bible says occupy till I come, you know. So I'm not worried about someone saying the clocks will quit working or, or whatever. You know, I've lived through that. Now, what's more interesting to me is people are still selling survival food 20 years later. Um, you know, thinking about the next tragedy that's going to overtake them. But it is interesting. I mean, 2020, I mean, it's just kind of, I mean, you know, like, it actually never hit me until like the last three days of, of, of 2019 that we're going to a new decade. Um, you know, and so, um, I mean, it's, it's just, just so wild. Now, it is kind of easy to see, you know, how, how the years are going faster as I watch my kids grow up. I mean, you know, so my youngest son was born in the year 2000. But the great thing about that, I always know how old he is because he's, he'll be 20 this year um, because of, of that. But um, I'm going to read a verse that I pretty much read every new year. Um, Philippians chapter 3, um, verse 13. And um, I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation just because it's new and living, I guess. I don't know. It says this. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press press on and reach um, the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You know, sometimes we have to put things behind us, um, especially things that are crummy. You know, if last year was pretty crummy, you know, forget about it. It's done. I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do to change 2019. You know, in fact, maybe, you know, some of you are doing your taxes and said, man, I had a really bad year or whatever. You know, it it doesn't matter what you had. What what matters is, is what are you going to have in the future? Now, you know, it is interesting because I know, um, um, well, I guess pretty much everyone came up, the word for this year was vision for everybody because they were... You know, everyone wants a word. Every new year, everyone wants some. You know, I, I know people get online to see what brother so-and-so said or what this person said. And I think it's always funny because I don't care what anybody says about your year. Only you can change your year. Yeah. Only you can change your decade. Because it doesn't matter what, you know, any other minister says. You have to focus on whatever you want to change. You know, and this, this scripture here says to focus on your future. Now, make sure that you're running the right race. Make sure you're going forward, moving toward Jesus. But, you know, um, 
I always say this, you can't run forward looking backwards. And I, I saw this actually happen one time, and I kind of feel bad about it, but it was kind of funny, but it really wasn't funny for the guy that it happened to. Um, I was, we were on the, the road one time, and um, actually, technically, we were in Las Vegas, Nevada, and we were um, um, walking on the street, and there's a, Bellagio has this fountain show, and the music comes on, and they, they have these, all these fountains that, you know, that shoot up in the air. And so we were walking across the street from the fountain show, and so there's this guy who was watching the fountain show, and I've seen it before, so I didn't really care, but he's, he's like right in front of me, he's walking, walking. Well, sooner or later, he, I guess he's in a hurry, because he could have just stopped and watched the dumb show, but no, he, he decides he's going to look backward and watch the show while he's walking forward. Well, what he didn't know was there was a fire hydrant. Um, and it had some kind of contraption. It wasn't just a normal hydrant. I mean, the, the normal one probably wouldn't have been as bad, but it had some kind of contraption, and it kind of moved up. And so it basically it was about waist high when this contraption was hooked to it. And so he's walking forward, and before anyone could say anything, boom, he hits that thing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it really hurt. Um, of course, he was not only hurt, hurt him, he was also embarrassed because it was kind of a crowded thing. And so it, it kind of shows you, you know, if you try to look backward and walk forward, you're going to hit something. You're going to hit something. You have to focus in on what you're, what you're doing. And a lot of people in life, they're always looking backwards. You know, it's always like, well, m- remember the good old days? Well, they're gone. All right, the good old days are not coming back. And I found out the good old days were, were not really good. They were just old. Because, you know, even listen to my grandfather talking about the good old days. And I'm not talking about the good old spiritual days. I'm talking about the, the good old financial days. I mean, you know, he talked about how they didn't have anything. <laughs> they had no money. You know, I know my, my grandfather's story when he got married is, you know, he said that we had 10 cents to our name. And at that time, a candy bar was five cents. So, so we, um, he said that we bought two candy bars and, and we decided to start with nothing, you know, and, and those were the good old days. I'm not sure how they were good, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I hear her stories about the good old days. A lot of times that my dad tells stories and him and his buddies were getting in trouble. I mean, why was it a good old day if you're getting in trouble at, at school or all this kind of stuff? Because I guess he went to school with a bunch of people. Like, they like to play pranks on the teachers and stuff. And it's not very smart. Um, you know. and so he, he even talked about that this morning. Um, he went to Bible school with John Hagee and him and John Hagee and a couple other guys, they were pretty mischievous. And um, that was were getting in trouble. No, you know, they were just, days were just old. They're not good. But, you know, I know a lot of people, even the, you know, they had a good year, you know, maybe um, they're always focusing on, on what they, what happened in the past. But what happened in the past is done. You know, I don't care if, if you got 100 people saved last year, you, you realize, you know, God wants you to do more. You know, you can't just like pat yourself in the back. Well, look what I did. Well, number one, it's not what you did. It's what God did through you, number one. But, um, you know, we always need to focus in on the future. And, and I believe, too, whenever we, we hit these marked years, you know, when the beginning of a decade, you need to think about your next 10 years, not just next year. You know, and, and I know some of you are like, well, I might not even be here 10 years from now. Well, it doesn't matter. You know, you're not dead yet. You know, and, and, and with an attitude like that, you probably won't be here in 10 years. You know, um, you know, uh, I believe in living life to the fullest. And I believe that one day, that, you know, you understand, ever since I was a little kid, I always heard the Lord's coming back soon. Think about it. I heard 
my dad talked about when it, from the time he was a little kid. You know, and I'm 50 now, so for 50 years, our Lord will come back soon. But then I started figuring out the Lord's math. Has anyone ever figured out the Lord's math before? You know, one day is like a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day. I'm like, well, one, two, three thousand years. I mean, if you, if you go by that math, that's, that's the year 3,000. So it doesn't matter. I'm just here to do what God wants me to do. And, you know, but one thing I do know is, is my math. Or, or the math, people math, um, we're, we're running up on, I guess mean, we have around 8 billion people, give or take a few million um, in the world. And we have less than 2 billion people that claim to be born again. So according to the math that's out there, there's 6 billion people going to hell. 6 billion. So man, I'm not ready for the Lord to come back. I'm ready to go reach the 6 billion. You know, and, you know, and I know we can't all reach it by ourselves, but, you know, we can pray for laborers of being the harvest. We, we can support people around the world. And, you know, the cool thing about it is, you know, with social media, you can have friends from around the world. You know, I found out I'm um, playing social media for a, for a while. I don't, I don't play anymore, but I used to play a lot of games. Well, I found I stay up late. I don't know about you. I have these late night hours. And I found out that People I didn't even really know that I was playing games were they were from Australia because you know they have different time zones and they all think I'm on the same time. I'm like I got to go to bed. <laughs> so, but you know you you can meet people from around the world online, and, and so the world's getting smaller and it's just it's just awesome. You know the world is coming it's coming to an end, but we need to focus on what God wants us to do. As long as you're here on this earth, God has a plan for you. And he wants you to fulfill that plan and that purpose. And so, you know, every new year we need, to, we need to think, you know what, what is God's plan for me this year? What does he want me to do? And um, let's move forward fulfilling that. Another scripture I want to read is, is Hebrews um, chapter 12. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, um, starting with the, um, the first verse. We'll read that from the New Living Translation as well. And it says this, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. I know. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has before us. Now, you know, a lot of people, they read that scripture and they think about running the race that God has for them, you know, but getting rid of any kind of sin. And we do need to get rid of any kind of sin if you have kind of sin, but the Bible clearly says, get rid of the weight first and then the sin. There are things that weigh us down that keep us from doing what we know that God wants us to do. And I don't know what your weight is or what my weight is, um, but there, we all have our own weights, and their, their weights might be different. You know, I know a lot of, I do a lot of ministry to a lot of young adults. A lot of times their weights are um, their friends or their boyfriend or their girlfriend. You know, not that they're bad people, but they, because you spend so much time with this person or that person, it keeps you away from your prayer life. It keeps you away from your Bible reading. Maybe your weight is you're too tired all the time. You know, well, I don't want to stay up late. Or I don't want to get up early. You know, I always believe you should be able to do one, one of the two. I'm not an early person, but, but I'm a late night person. I can do a lot of things at nighttime. Uh, for whatever reason, I guess I'm, you know, I'm just weird. Um, I, I'm... I'm me and my mom are both weird. Um, we just stay up. Now, I mean, I, I don't know what it is. I guess, you know, they say train up a child when he's young, when he's old, not depart from it. I guess my, my mom, for whatever reason in, in life, um, 
she decided as a young, young child that I, I didn't have a bedtime. Everyone, everyone else has got to go to bed at 8 o'clock or whatever it was. You know, I never had a bedtime in my entire life. Um, and, um, you know, but I did have a morning time. Here's what mom says. says, as long as you get up, I don't care what time you go to bed. Now, you understand, I mean, usually 10 o'clock I was asleep because, you, know, you, know, you know, sometimes I would make it to Johnny Carson, but not, not usually. And for a lot of you, you probably, you know, remember the news would come on, then Johnny Carson would come on after the news. You know, if you stayed up too late, you're just going to get the national anthem, and that's all you're going to get. I mean, you know, I know many of you are old enough to remember that, you know, after Johnny Carson, it was the national anthem, and, and you can watch Black Fuzz for the rest of your life. I mean, the rest of the night. And so, um, um, but I didn't really ever have, have a bedtime. I always, you know, I, you know as, as long as I got up in the morning to go to school, then it was, you know, it was fine. The only time that it was really not fine was when I got up early to watch car- cartoons on Saturday morning. That wasn't fine because my parents wanted to sleep on Saturday morning, but... You know, I don't want to miss the cartoons. I mean, you know, that's, that's the coolest part. You know, you know, it's a different generation now. I mean, you know, if, if you miss them Sunday morning, you, you can DVR your cartoons or you can watch them on Netflix or whatever. Man, when I arrive, if you want to see a cartoon, you, you got to get up. Take a nap in the afternoon or whatever. So I don't know. People, I mean, it's just a different generation. It's just technology is, is, is awesome. It's interesting. But you know what? Technology sometimes can be, can be our weight. It can keep us away from stuff, you know, because you want to, you, you know, you want to get a good score on your game or, or this or that, or, or, you know, or, or you just want to browse the internet or you just want to argue people on Facebook. There's some people who like to do that for whatever reason. But, you know, if you have a weight, get rid of it. And it's always easier, you know, to be able to move forward faster if you get rid of some weight. I mean, I know like, um, you know, my, my well, I did, my son drives race, car, race cars. And I mean, these guys sometimes are trying to shave off two pounds, because if, you know, you know I, I think every 10 pounds equals, a horse, equals one horsepower or something like that. So if you can figure out a way to get 10 pounds off your car, you're one horsepower faster than the other guy. So, you know, um, and obviously one of the quickest ways to do that is lose weight. Um, but me and my son haven't figured that one out yet. So we, <laughs> we have a word called titanium. <laughs> titanium parts are expensive, but they weigh less. So, yeah, but I mean, the... You know, if something's weighing you down, and you know, one thing I think is really important is is to figure out if there is something weighing you down. Because a lot of times we won't think, we, you know, unless we think about it, we can't figure that out. So you should think about: it. is there something that's keeping you from doing what you feel God wants you to do? Because if there's something keeping you from that, then that's weight. That's weighting you down. You know, when you know, like I said, God has a plan and a purpose for you. But the two things, the two scriptures that I got for this year, actually, um, um, as I was doing some reading and some studying and things like that, the first scripture actually is James um, chapter 4, verse number 2, the last part of the verse. It says, you, you have not because you ask not, in the King James Version. You have not. Most of you have heard that. The NLT says it this way. It says, yet you, do, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You realize, you know, if you want to change your situation, you need to start asking for it. What, what would you like to change this year? I mean, I mean, you know, there's many things that many of you probably like to change. You know, probably one of the first things off to mind is financially, you might want to change some things. 
If you're dealing with health problems, you might want to think, change some things physically. You know, mentally, emotionally, whatever. I mean, you know, if you battle with depression, maybe you need to change that. Now, the first way to change is to ask. Ask. You know, once again, I want to read that once again. It says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. I mean, that's pretty simple. You have not because you ask not. Man, just ask. And so I believe that this year, this decade, we need to start doing some more asking. When we face a situation that we would like to change, you know, because people think in mentality, well, God knows I'm going through this situation. But the Bible is clear. It says, well, God wants you to ask. God wants you to ask. I mean, and to, from a parent's point of view, probably many of you probably in a situation where, where you see your kids going through a, a, a little bit of a struggle. And a lot of times as a parent, you don't want to step in because if you step in, you feel like you overstep your bounds. You're waiting for them to ask you to, to, to help because if you offer help without them asking, sometimes they're like, well, dad, you're still trying, you know, I'm not 12 anymore and all this kind of stuff, you know. But the thing about it, I mean, God's up there thinking, you know what? I would like to help you. Please ask me. You know, you know I know some people think, well, you know, I've been such a bad person. I, I, you know, I just don't deserve it. But you know what? God gives you what you don't deserve. God, God is, he's there for the people who don't deserve it. I mean, you, you think about, you know, the Apostle Paul and um, his conversion experience. You know, you know, I mean, I mean in, in the essence, you would think, man, this guy doesn't deserve to, to, to have what God wants him to have. But you know what? God wants you at your best. And he wants to give you what, what you, you might feel you don't deserve it. But you know, you know who's the one that's telling you you don't deserve it? The devil's telling you you don't deserve it. He's the one telling you, well, you know what? You messed up so many times. You can't ask God for that. I mean, look what you've done. You can't expect him to bless you. You know, I mean, and so... But that's the devil trying to tell you. And remember, we have verse, John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I mean, the person that's trying to destroy from you is the one telling you you don't deserve it. You know, because Jesus then says that I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundant is, is awesome. And abundance not just for you financially. Everyone reads that in front of Abundance in every area of your life. Every area of your life. I mean, you know, like I said, I've, I've never walked into a hospital and saw someone laid on the hospital bed and said, man, they're living an abundant life right there because that's not abundant. I mean, you know, God doesn't want you sick. God doesn't want you hurting. I mean, it hurts to hurt. Now, hurting is not just, you know, there's hurting because your arm hurts, your leg hurts or whatever. And there's, there's sometimes you're hurting because... The situation happened with your family or with your, your husband, your kids, or, or whatever. I mean, I mean there's, there's mental anguish and things like that. God doesn't want that. And, and if you want to get rid of those things, you've got to ask. You say, God, this is what I need. And, and I believe at the beginning of a year, at the beginning of a decade, it's time to start asking more, more situations. You know, if we'll ask that things change this year, we'll come to the end, end of the year and, and we'll see, man, many things change. Why? Because we asked for it. Yeah. Amen. It says you have not because you asked not. Now, another scripture that I like to read quite a bit along this same line um, is over in John chapter 14. 
John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, um, says this. It says, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus, because, you know, remember, these are both red letter um, scriptures here. Red letters mean they were spoken by Jesus. And he basically repeated himself saying, ask me and I'm going to do it. I mean, he says, whatever you ask in my name, that, that I will do. And then he goes on to say, if you ask anything in my name. So he says, whatever or anything. So my point is, what do you want to change this year? What do you want to change this decade? What do you need to ask for? Because, you know, sometimes and maybe we need to start making a list. Because there's things that you would like to change, I'm sure. Every one of you, you know, I'm sure, has things you want to change. So, you know, um, you need to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. I mean, I know that, um, that as a child, and even as an adult, you know, I'm, you know, I'm just being honest, because it doesn't matter how old I get, I'm still my parent's child. You know, and, and going back even before when he was alive, my, my, I was still my grandparents. You know, he was my grandfather. And there's been many times, um, you know, in life um, that I needed something. Um, and so I was never afraid to ask. I know there was a situation, um, going back to the race cars, that, that I wanted to, to buy a race car. And I, I guess, you know, well, I know my mom was anti-race cars, and she still is, even though we still drive them. So I figured, you know, see, asking my dad, just like, I mean, if I ask my dad, I have to ask my mom. So she's, you know, so I figured that's not, that's out. So I went to ask my grandfather. I walked in his office and with a picture of what I wanted, and um, I told him how much. And I asked him, you know, you know, if I didn't ask him for a gift, I asked him if I could borrow the money. And I told him how I would repay him. I told him exactly, you know, it was, you know, I'm, I'm smart, by the way, I just want to let you know. Um, this happened to be October. It was in the, in, at the end of racing season, a lot of people sell their stuff, all right, in the racing season. But I also know, I also started thinking about financially, you know, that Christmas is coming up. I got a lot of finances I need to, so I, I, I said, can I borrow the money? And on, in, the, in January... I'll start paying you back. I gave him, um, actually, I said, I, I, I said, I'll give you $500 a month. Um, you know, I'm going to try to give you 1000 um, but I'll, I'll give you at least 500 And so um, he said, okay, wrote me out a check. I think it was like $8,500 check, so you know, that was good. So took the check, went and bought my race car. So I came in January, you know, you know, um, you know what? Came in January, the first week of January. Because um, I, I, I think I told him like the 15th, because I'm trying to be, once again, smart here. I want to make sure, I, you know. So I, I think it's, I said, every, but I came the first week, you know, first day of work, um, you know, after, after that year. And I came with my $1,000 check. And he looked at that $1,000 check and he smiled really big and he tore it up. And he said, um, he, sa- he said, you know, I, I was, you know, he was just thrilled that I was willing to pay him back. But he goes, I want to give it to you. Now, you know what? I would have never got that if I would have never asked. Now, I didn't ask expecting him to give it to me. Because, you know, I was making money. I, I had a job. I, I know 
You know, I'm, I have an accounting degree, so I, I knew I could how to budget things, but I told him I was going to try to do more, cause, and he was super excited. I came and gave him $1,000, you know, not $500. And so and I, didn't, I never expected him to give it to me. Never, you know. But here's the thing. With God, we can expect him to give it to us. Amen. I mean, we have, we, have, we have scripture for it. Yeah. You know, that way, and, I, you know, and I, I just read you more than one, and there's other ones in there saying, you know, you know, you know, there, so, you know, with God, we can expect, it says, whatever you ask in my name, yeah. that will I do. It says, if you can ask anything in my name. Now, anything means anything. Now, the only thing I, I will say, there is one thing you cannot ask, and that's when it concerns somebody else's will. All right, as long as no one else's will is involved, you can ask for anything. You know, like, like, for instance, if, if there's someone you think is pretty attractive and you would like to marry them and they do not think you're very attractive and do not want to marry you, you can't ask for, that they'll marry you because they're probably praying and asking that, that you get away from them and, you know, so, and quit bothering them. You know? So if someone else's will is involved, then you can't ask for that. But, but if, if you know, nobody else's will is involved, you can ask for anything, anything. You know, a lot of people can, can have, listen, well, they have a huge imagination. Well, it says, whatever you ask, and if any, you ask anything. But, you know, the point is you have to ask. You have to ask. You, you know, you realize that if I would have never asked my grandfather, that I would have never got that race car. Now, I didn't ask him. I asked him for a loan, not, not for, you know, not for a gift. You know, but I knew that he had the wherewithal to give me a loan. And I knew he wasn't going to struggle Giving me that loan, it wasn't going to put him out financially or whatever. But I know when I come to my heavenly father, you know, it's, it's easy. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing too impossible. I mean, you know, this is the same God we, we talk about, about taking a mountain and throwing it into the sea. You know, it's not, it's not really that hard. Now, it might seem hard for you but it's not about your mind. It's not about what you have to do. It's about, about you just asking. What can you, you know, and you have a, you know, unlimited source. Unlimited source. Now, you know, when it comes to your parents, comes to your grandparents, comes whenever you're asking them, for, especially financially, you know, a lot of times you know that where they're at financially, whether they can help you out or, or can't help you out. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's people in your family that you would never ask to help you out financially because they're always asking you to help them out. You know, um, I had a, I've had a friend that I've helped them financially quite a bit, probably more than I should have, probably lost more money than I should have. Um, you know, and, but they came to me, you know, one time and they said, well, I don't have anybody else to ask. My, 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 my parents aren't in a position to do it. I have more money than they do, you know? And so all this stuff. So, you know, I'm like, well, good point. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so they've asked me to help. But, you know, I always want to be a blessing if I can, you know. But, but then, you know, sometimes I'll be honest and say, you know, I just can't help out, you know, right now. I mean, you know, you know think of, but God's never going to say, well, I can't help out right now. Yeah. Well, you know, that's too much for me. You know, ask me next month. You know, you know next month it might be better. I, I got some things going on. God's never going to tell you to ask you next month. He's never going to say, well, you know, that's just too much. That's just too hard. I mean, you know, we think I'm the man of money. I mean, you're, you're, God's never going to tell you that. It says, whatever you ask in my name, if you ask anything. But the point is, you have to ask. 
You have to ask. So don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Because you know what? What might happen is this whole year goes by, you never ask. And at the end of, at the end of 2020, you're in the same position you were beginning of 2020. But you have the Lord who tells you just to ask him. I mean, you know, and the Lord is your, is your heavenly father and he loves you. Now, I understand not everyone grew up the same way that I do. I grew up with parents and grandparents that loved me. I mean, I always knew I was my grandfather's favorite, even though I can't tell anyone that. But, but I always knew I was his favorite. Just, you just have to you know. And if you ask any of, of, my, um, of my cousins, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, they all know. And pretty much half anyone in my family will tell you who, that I'm his favorite um, or was his favorite. And, you know, and I always knew that. Um, but, um, you know, um, and, and I knew that pretty much I could pretty much ask him for anything. And, you know, well, as long as it, if, with my grandfather, you had to explain why you needed it. You know, and, you know, and, and well, because I want, you know, I'm race car because I wanted it and I wanted to have fun. And, and, and he, he was so thrilled to be able to provide that for me. And later on, before, you know, after that, because I wasn't smart enough to ask for a trailer, you know, to, to haul the race car around. Because I, was bar- I borrowed one from a friend. So later on, my dad went over there and asked him to, for money for a trailer. I didn't ask him, but I got a trailer. <laughs> because my dad's like, well, we need, you need a new trailer. You need to give that guy his trailer. But he, I said, well, he says it's been sitting in his backyard for five years. Why does he need it back right now? And he but whatever. So um, I got a trailer out of the deal, too. Because that was because my dad asked. I'm like, I don't want to ask again. I already asked him once. And so, um, you know, but... But, you know, I'm thinking about because my grandparents love me. My, my parents love me. But my, my Heavenly Father loves me even more. He loves me even more. You know, and what, you know, I know it's hard to imagine, but basically you should imagine that everyone here is his favorite. Because, you know, we're talking about having favoritism with God. Have, you know, he, we're all his favorite. I don't, I don't know how we can all be his favorite, but it doesn't, doesn't, you know, doesn't have to compute in our own minds. And so, you know, and so you just need to pretend that, you know what, you're, God, you know, you're God's favorite. And anything you go and ask him for, he's going to give it to you with no strings attached. Wow, no strings attached. Amen. You know, because sometimes, you know, we, we see in politics, there's always strings attached. Well, if I give you money for your campaign, then, then later on, you're going to have to pass some bills and do this to help me out. You know, and, but with God, there is no strings attached. He, he just wants to help you out. That's what he's there. But, but, you know, also, he wants to help you out, but he also has a plan and a purpose for your life. And he wants you to fulfill that plan and purpose. But you know what? He'll help you out even if you don't fulfill your plan and purpose because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. You know, you know I always think about this. I, this is a good way to think about it. Think about if you were the only person on the universe, in the universe, he still would have sent Christ to die on the cross for you. You know, because we, we have the scripture about, about leaving the 99 to go after the one. Right. Yes. I mean, he loves you that much. And, and that's what we're talking about. That, that's who we're asking. Mm. You know, and a lot of times we have to put things in perspective. You know, you have not because you ask not. Ask what you will and it shall be done. I mean, but you got to ask. The other thing um, that I want to read actually does deal with vision. Um, it's an Old Testament scripture. Habakkuk. 2-2, um, 2-2 and 2-3, says this. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, 
but at the end, but at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. You know, um, I believe that we should write down vision. You know, the Bible says without vision, people perish. You know, and I know too, some months the older we get, we're thinking, you know, we're kind of into our life, you know, why, what, why should we write things down? Because if you don't write things down, you know, if there's something important, you write it down. If there's some, like, some kind of appointment, you, you know, you, well, I guarantee you, most of you, if you have a doctor's appointment, you're writing it down, put it in your calendar. But if there's things that you desire, we don't always write it down. We don't always put it in front of us. I, I know at one point in time, um, I decided, not the Lord decided, I decided that I wanted a new car. You know, like my price is right. Um, and I wanted a certain car. I, I used to, I used to get all the car magazines, Motor Train Magazine, Road and Track, and all of a sudden there was a car that was coming out. Um, I saw one of those you know, first looks at a certain car that I wanted. And I'm like, man, I really like that car. I looked at my finances and I'm like, well, I really like that car. <laughs> um, and, and so um, I just, you know, was there one time. I was listening, I was listening to my grandfather speak and he was talking about, you know, you know asking what you will. And, you know, and, and so I'm like, you know what? There's no reason I can't ask God for this car. And at the time, I'm thinking, well, how's he going to do it? You know, I mean, financially, I really, you know, I, I can't see my finances totally changing within this next year. And I don't know how it's going to, I mean, it's going to have to come from another source. And, but you know what? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to ask. But not only did I ask, I, um, I cut the picture out, wrote, wrote it in Track Magazine or Motor Train, I can't remember which one. And I, po- I posted it by my mirror when I got ready in the morning time. Now, at that time, you know, we didn't carry smartphones with pictures. We, we didn't, you know, even, we didn't, I think our computer was just, you know, green and white or, I mean, you know, it was the old computer. So we didn't have, you know, we couldn't do all the wallpaper stuff. But now I would put that as my wallpaper. I put that, you know, my phone wallpaper and all this stuff because I want to put something in front of me. And so I always believe if you have a faith project, put that in front of you. For something you're believing God for because I want to look at it all the time. Now, see, also at that time, that, that car was not even at the lot. I couldn't go to the lot and look at it. It wasn't even out, you know. And, and um, actually, when it did come out, they, they sold them so fast that, that they never had them in the lot. You can't ever go see one. Because one time a guy called me and said, hey, we got one here. And by the time I got there, it was gone. I'm like, thanks for calling. Well, you know, I didn't get there that day. I went to the next day. And he said, well, man, the, you know, the guy picked it up. So, um, but, you know, every day I looked at that picture. You know, sometimes you don't think how many times you look yourself in the mirror, but, you know, you probably, I mean, I guarantee you're probably going to do it every morning and every night. You know, multiple times a day, though, I, I would thank the Lord for my new car. And, um, you know, um, it took nine months. But nine months, I had a person that actually told me a certain dollar amount and told me to, to go to a car lot, take the car of my choice for, for a certain dollar amount. And that certain dollar amount was just en- enough money that I needed for that new car. Now, um, you know, I had no, I mean, I, I, if you would ask me nine months before, I'm like, I, I wouldn't have known how it was going to work. And who in the world would do that? Do that? I mean, we're, we're talking, I, I mean, I'll give you the amount. It was $35,000. That's a lot of money. And I, and I you know, you know I, it was more money than I made in a year. So, you know, how's that going to happen? And so, but I got a car without a car payment. That's huge, a brand new one. Right. You know, and the point is, I don't think if I would have never put it in front of me that I would have ever got that car. 
Because there are, there are things I know personally that at the beginning of the year or whatever I start believing God for, then all of a sudden it kind of just fades away. You know, but if there's something that, that, that you know, you would like or you feel that God's calling you to do, put it in front of you. And, and um, I'm still working on, you know, on my vision stuff, um, you know, but, but I, you know, I, um, I know I've been, been reading a lot about vision boards and things like that, putting those things in front of you. And um, it's interesting, I, I preached this message actually the last Sunday of the, of the year of 2019, and, um, and I said, now, I'm not telling you to do this, I'm, I'm just telling you what some, one of the books that I read said, this, this individual, first of all, he said that every CEO he knows, he knows a lot of CEOs, has a vision board, every one of them. And probably that's why they're all CEOs, because they had a vision board. They, and um, he, he said this, he, he said, someone told him to do this, and, and he and he was it, and he was shocked. He said, he said, write down 300 things that you would like to see change in your life. You know, some things are small, you know, just really small things, and some things are really big things. I mean, and, and he actually told, said one, one of his goals for his wife and, and himself, they wanted to send 40 people through college. He's an African-American. He wanted to send, you know, 40 um, minority folks through college, you know, by them paying for it. He, he, he said, we've sent a couple, you know, but it seemed pretty expensive to send 40, but, you know, but, but he was just going on about 300, he said 300 things. Now, he said, so the first 60 is pretty easy, but if you write down 300, you know, it'll, it'll take you a while. And so, and I'm not telling you to write down 300 things. I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you what this guy says, all right? So I just had a, a guy um, a week ago write me on Facebook. He says, I wrote down my 300 things. And I wanted, well, what this guy, this, the person that I was reading after says, You'll be surprised after one year how many of those 300 things come to pass. After only one year, if you'll start writing them down. So I had a guy, he wrote me, you know, so two weeks in the year, you know, actually less than a week into the year, because um, I preached this message um, the very last Sunday, or whatever that was, of 2019. And so he wrote, said, I wrote my 300 things down. I just want to tell you that I'm, I'm just, I, he said, I can't even believe how many have already come to pass in just like two weeks. Two weeks. He, he, he didn't say how many, but he said, a number of things I wrote down have already come to pass in two weeks. And he was just, you know, he was just shocked, you know, and, you know, he, he was just like, you know, thanking me for encouraging him and firing him up or whatever. And I'm not telling you to write down 300 things, all right? That might be quite a bit. I have, I, I will go on record. I have not wrote down 300 things, okay? Even though I told him, you know, you know, but I'm getting my list and checking it twice. No, no, no. Um, but, um, you know, um, I believe we need to have vision in front of us. And now, 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 now all my vision is not, not um, financial. I mean, a lot of it's spiritual. You know, I, I want to see things spiritually happen through, through, through our life and our ministry. You know, and I want to see us touch the world. Um, you know, um, and, um, but I want to put things down and I, I want to I put it in front of me. You know, because it says, write the vision, make it plain. And actually, um, um, which I, I can share this too, because I, I actually rechanged our motto for Rainbow Bible Church. Um, um, a number of years ago, we actually had the motto, um, bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. And actually, it's on my parents' television program, they still have that motto. But one of our marketing people, um, he don't work for us anymore, he's a good guy, one of my, good, my best friends. But, um, but uh, they came up with this 
living life unlimited, you know, because we know. So, so we changed to living life unlimited. And so I talked, we had an impromptu meeting one time over dinner with my sister and my parents. This was before I preached my message. And I said, I want to go back to bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Because I think that fits, that more fits the, the plan that God has for us. And so, and we changed that motto to bringing hope, help, and healing to the world. Or from, from a local church, bring hope, help, and healing to the local community. You know, but we're a worldwide ministry. And because I think that's what we do. We, we, we bring forth hope, help, and healing. And people that are needing hope and needing help and needing healing, they need to get here. Amen. And, um, you know, so that's because I, I, I told, I said, you know, I just, I get it. Everyone, I don't know how to tell people about unlimited life because, you know, you know, maybe that's possible, but it's hard to explain. But it's easy to explain about bringing hope, help and healing. Because, you know, there's a lot of people that are hurting right now. A lot of people need help. Um, you know, and it's not just financially, you know, I mean, our economy is going really, really well. You know, but they want to impeach our, our president. But, you know, the economy is going really, really well. You know, and um, the Bible says not to impeach the president. It says pray for our president. And pray for our congressman, whether you like him or not, still pray for him. You know, that's what I've always endeavored to do is to pray. It doesn't matter who's in charge. I, I pray for all our presidents, all, all our congressmen and, and, and women, I should say. You know, and, and people that are in charge of our state, local and federal government. I um, mean, that's what we should do. And, you know, and I always say it, it doesn't matter who's in charge. If I'm invited, if they want me to do something, I'm, I'm willing to do something for, any, for anybody, whether, you know, Democrat, Republican, independent, it doesn't really matter. I'm, um, you know, very, um, I want to be very involved in, in the things going on in, in our world. And some people think Christians shouldn't be, but you know what, if Christians aren't involved in it, then, then how, how can God be, have, have influence? Um, and, you know, because, you know, God's concerned about, about, about our government. But, you know, I mean, God has good things for us this decade, Amen. this year. Amen. All right? Amen. But, you know, if, if we don't do something different, we're going to wake up. You know, it, it just seems, it almost seems like three months ago it was 2019 just started. Because time starts flying. I found that the older you get, time flies faster. And so, you know, it's going to feel like three months is going to go by. It's going to be the end of 2020, and you did nothing different. And you're going to feel the same way you did, you know, in the, in the 2018. You know, every year is the same because, you know, if you want to change your year, start asking for things. But put down a vision. You know, it's hard to run with something that you, that you, you know, you have to have a game plan. You, you realize, I mean, well, T- today, there's some championship games. The Kansas City Chiefs already um, sealed their, their the Super Bowl. They've already won. Um, when I started preaching, um, San Francisco was winning. I'm not sure if they still are. It was 10 to nothing, um, by the way. And, and so you realize that those coaches came in with a game plan. Now, sometimes they follow the game plan, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're not able to follow it because the defense... They put up a different defense or whatever. And so even dur- during the game, sometimes they'll change the game plan. You know, and sometimes like on, even on your vision board or, or you know, you're asking, sometimes you'll, you'll change the game plan, but that's okay. But write down the new game plan. Yeah. Put it down. Right. You know, because some people think, well, well, I didn't have that the first year. I don't, I don't care when it, whenever you, you feel that, hey, I want to change that. Write it down. Yeah. You, know, and I, you know, just remember, if you think something's important, you always write it down. Like I said, I, I'm guarantee you. I know. I know my calendar tells me when, when I'm supposed to go to the doctor. My calendar tells me when I have this, this appointment with this person, that appointment with somebody. I always put it in my calendar here, right, right here, and and I and I, and I even I even put them, 
um, an, an alarms that go off like the day before or hours before or whatever to tell me to make sure I, I, I get there. You know, but I think that there are way more important things. You know, I think sometimes as we get older, we're thinking, you know, well, even especially people were talking, I mean, well, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, but you're not dead. If you're not dead, you can have a vision. Amen. You know, and if you're older and retired, then you have more time to go volunteer or, or do something or help out, you know. Um, you know, or, I mean, I, I know some people, um, I mean, I'm only 50 and I have friends that they're in their 50s, already, they're already retiring because financially they've done really, really well. And they said, you know what, I, I, I want to quit my job, but, I, I want, but, but most of the ones I know, they still have a vision. You know, they, they want to stop working so they can, they can volunteer their time to help people. Because they said, financially, I don't need any more money. I got some investments. I got this. I got that. And I'm thinking, man, I mean, I'm not planning, planning to ever quit working. But, but I help people all the time, so it doesn't really matter anyway. Um, you know, but... Um, but I talked to a guy the other day. He's like, yeah, I'm like semi-retired. And I said, you're 55. You know, I said, what are you going to do? I said, your golf game stinks anyway. You're not going to be able to play golf all the time. And, and he says, no. He says, you know, I'm, I'm, I got some, some good investments and things. I'm going to retire, but I'm not going to retire. And they, they were telling me about some things that he's going to do to, to help some, you know, some people that, are, that need help. And, you know, he's pretty excited about it, you know. And, and in a lot of ways, well, he's not really trying to He's making a career change. But he's doing it for free. He's doing it on his own dime. And so, so that's pretty cool, you know, be, to be able to financially be able to do that. You know, to, to be able to, he goes, he, goes, he goes, you know, I'm set. My, you know, my family's set. I got money coming in. And I, I got some, you know, some income. And, and I got some, t- and I want to have time to go and do some things that really he felt that God had called him to do. He didn't feel he's called to be a minister. I mean, he, he didn't feel he's called to preach. But, but he feels that he, he can go and he can help out um, some some different organizations that need help and help them financially, help them, help them with some business stuff and help them, you know, with those kind of things and, and use the talents that he has to be a help to them. You know, and that's awesome. That's awesome. But you know what? I, I want all of us to have a better 2020 than a 2019. I don't care how good your 2019 was. I mean, maybe that was the best year you've ever had. Great, awesome. Let's make, let's make 2020 be the best year. But, you know, make this be the best decade we've ever had. And I know a lot of you have spent many decades, all right? You know, I mean, you know, I've had five of them in my lifetime, you know, but, but, but I want my sixth one to be my, my, my best one. Um, you know, and, and, but you know what? After that, I want my seventh one to be my best one, an eighth one, and hundredth one, or however many we go to. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, and we praise you. We magnify your name. And we thank you, Father, that, that as we go through life, first of all, we thank you. If there are things that we need, that, that we'd be willing to ask for those things. Because you said in your word that, that you, you, whatever we ask in, in, in the name of your, your son, Jesus Christ, that, that you, would, you would give it to us, Father. And Father God, we thank you that we won't be afraid to ask. But Father God, help us to get a vision. Help us to get a vision that there's things that you want us to do in life and, and help, help us to move forward and, and, and move toward those things. But Father God, we thank you if anyone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they won't leave this place with, without the saving knowledge of, of your son, Jesus Christ. If you're here tonight and you say, Craig, I, I don't know Jesus. I said, you know, my hair has been pretty bad because I don't know Jesus and I want to. Lift your hand and we want to pray with you. Or maybe here and you say, Craig, man, I, I, at one time I walked with God, but I kind of turned my back and I, and I went away and I want to come back home. If that's you, lift your hand, we want to pray with you. Or another invitation, maybe you're here tonight and you say, um, Craig, I'm a child of God. I'm born again. But I've heard you guys talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
with evidence of speaking with other tongues. And I've never had that Pentecostal experience. Well, that's for you tonight as well. I mean, what better way to start your year off to, to, to be filled with the Spirit? And if you're here tonight and you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, lift your hand right now. We want to pray with you. We want to make sure. We, we want to help you out there because I tell you, it's, it's an extra. I do it from power from on high. And if you don't know anything about that, we got plenty of material out there that can talk about that because some people, they're, they're afraid of the Holy Spirit, you know, because they've heard him call, be called the Holy Ghost. He's not a ghost. It's awesome. Heavenly Father, I don't see any hands, but we thank you if anyone is here that does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We thank you for sending their labors across their path on a daily basis. We thank you that they will come in line and they will get saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.